0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Well, we are all in the room this morning. There's no treasure kids, no little treasures. So uh, if you are 11 years or under, I just want you to give me, give me a wave. If you're 11 years or under, that's it. Let me see where you are in the room. I just want you to know as I get up to preach, I know you're here. I've not forgotten that. I'm not setting out on a 40-minute deep preach. This is for you as well. So don't put, don't get a phone. Don't get something to distract you. I'm going to be talking to you as well as to your moms and your dads and your brothers and your sisters. I'm just going to be speaking for a few minutes, really, about how we are blessed to be a blessing as we step into September. I don't know how you feel when September comes. In case you hadn't realized, it's the first of September today. Often when September comes, the leaves begin to change color a little bit, don't they? Like the picture on the screen here. The shadows get a little bit longer. Sun is a bit lower, less warm. The summer comes towards an end. Now, maybe you're one of those people and you just can't wait to get back into some routine. Maybe you can't wait to get back to school. You want to see your friends. You just want to get back on with it. Or maybe not so much. You know, probably even those of us who are older, we can remember the feeling when we were younger of breaking up for the summer holidays, of six weeks stretching ahead of you. You can't even really imagine six weeks. You can't imagine September coming back again. You just see these weeks of fun and freedom stretching out. Maybe you still get that same feeling when you break up from work or you have a weekend away. I don't know. But the feeling as we come into September can be a little bit different to that feeling when we finish in the summer. Maybe in the summer holidays, you've been doing some of these sorts of things. Maybe you've made it to the beach. Maybe you've been playing with friends and seeing people hanging out in the park, having some fun. Or maybe in your holiday, maybe it's been just catching up on some sleep, some lion's I understand some of you, you've been working through the summer, so forgive me, just bear with me. I know most people, or many people in some ways, are kind of connected to the rhythm of the school terms. So maybe you've been sleeping, lying in, it's been good this summer. Maybe it's felt unrestricted, but you know that now, back to school is coming. Back to work is coming, there's going to be more of this instead of sleeping. The pens are gonna be out, the paper's gonna be out, we're gonna be at a desk. It's time to get back to work. And for all that most of us, we know that once we're back in the routine of it and we've done the transition back, it's all gonna be okay, it'll be fine. We'll even enjoy it at times. But we can still sometimes, some of us find ourselves thinking, do I have to go? Do I have to go back? Do I have to go? This has been so fun. It's been so comfortable. It's been so easy. Do I have to go back? And maybe as we come to September, we maybe find ourselves feeling a little bit more like this young man. He looks a bit glum, doesn't he? End of holidays, back to school. But we're going to look at someone from the Bible today who long before us, God asked to go. Now it's true there's quite a number of people in the Bible who God asked to go on different occasions and to different places. But this morning, we're just going to think for a few moments about Abraham, who, if you like, is the father of our faith. Abraham really was the first person that God went and invited to come and to be his friend, invited him into what the Bible calls a covenant, which is really a promise of of friendship that will not end. And so we're going to read a few, th- few verses from the Bible about this man, Abram. So we're going to read from Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. And these verses are going to come up on the screen here. Terah, who's Abram's dad, took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and set out with them from Ur of the Chaldees, for the land of Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled down there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. God told Abraham, leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And those who curse you are cursed. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left just as God had said, and Lot left with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Brilliant, that's all the verses that we're going to read this morning. So simply to summarize, Terah is Abram's dad. I wonder if I can hear you say Terah. This is good. You're in good voice this morning. And he lived in a place called Ur. I wonder if I can hear you say Ur. Uh. I know it doesn't sound like a great place, like when it's called Ur. It doesn't sound great. I don't think it was necessarily all that bad. But anyway, they left Ur and went to a place called Haran. I wonder if I can hear you say Haran. Haran. Brilliant. And when they made it to Haran, they stopped there. They stopped there. They rested. In fact, they settled there. They ended up making their home there. And that's where they lived until Tera, as an old man at the age of 205, finally died. It was quite a long way from where they set out when they went on this journey. Do you know what? Yesterday, or on Friday, I put this into Google Maps, as I'm sure Tera would have done on his smartphone. And uh, you'll see that if you go from Ur to Haran, It's uh, it's nine days by foot. There isn't uh, a camel option on Google Maps. You know, you can like foot, cycle, bus, no camel option. So uh, nine days right from here down in the south of Iraq through Syria and just across the border into Turkey, which is where Haran is. That's a long walk. Nine days. Is there anyone here this morning who's ever walked for nine consecutive days, all day, every day? No. Nobody's done that. But can you imagine how you would feel at the end of that? You'd feel tired, wouldn't you? You'd feel exhausted. I'm sure most of us can imagine. Probably everybody in the room can remember a time when their mom or their dad made them walk for longer than they wanted to. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I think I am that parent now, but that's, uh, we, we do it to our children. It's not surprising that Terah, with Abraham and Sarah, settled there and didn't go any further. It was a long way to travel, and so they settled there. They made their home there. They got comfortable there. But then sometime after Terah had died, God comes and speaks to Abraham. And he says, I want you to leave this country now. It's time to go. I want you to leave your home. Leave your father's country. Go to a new land that I'm going to show you. Now, it doesn't actually tell us in the Bible what Abraham's response was. It doesn't tell us what he felt. But I think probably he was pretty comfortable where he was. You know, if you traveled all that distance... And you knew what it was like to get all your possessions together and travel, (coughs) excuse me, for at least nine whole days, taking everything with you. You wouldn't be in a hurry to go and do it again. It's like when you've just moved house, you're not in a hurry to do it again. Mark Beswick's making a bit of a habit of it. But most of us, we don't want to keep moving house because it's hard work. I think Abraham perhaps thought, do I have to go? Do I have to move on again? Can I not stay here where we're settled? But in the words that God said to Abraham, we begin to understand why God wanted him to go. And those words are coming up on the slide now. He said to him, I'm gonna make you a great nation. And he said to him, I will bless you. He said to him, I'm gonna make you famous and you'll be a blessing. And he says, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. You see, God wanted to do more in Abraham's life. God wanted to bless him more. God wanted to give him more. God wanted to do more through him than he'd already done. And that's why he was calling him on. I think it was like God came and said to him, I know, Abraham, you're settled and you're happy. I know you might not feel like the hard work of moving forward. But where you are now is not all that I have for you. And there is more. And it's true for Abraham, and I believe it's true for us here today as well. That for all of us in the room here today, what you're in right now is not everything that God has for you. There is more for you. Whether you're on the front row or the back row this morning, where you are right now is not everything that God has for you. There's more. There's more to inhabit. There's more to grow into. There's more to take hold of. There's more to inherit. And that's why God comes to Abraham and says, I want to bless you, make you successful, significant, influential. And also as I do that, others will be blessed through you. Now, of course, if you know the Bible, you know that some tests came to Abraham on the journey, tests of his obedience and surrender. It wasn't an unconditional promise that God gave, but God wanted Abraham to go. And in the going and in the journey, God was going to bless him and bless others through him. Maybe you're not sure what it means for God to bless us, except you know it's good. See, when God blesses us, he shows us his favor He shows us his kindness, his generosity if you like. His blessing can be expressed in his presence with us, his forgiveness of us, his help, his healing, his strength, his protection, his ongoing work in us to keep changing us to make him more like himself. And of course, it's part of his blessing when he makes us fruitful. And somehow, and this is really amazing, not only does God want to bless us, but he is somehow able to use us and bless other people through us. That all those things that he wants to do in terms of favor and presence and forgiveness, we can help those things reach other people. He does it through us, through you, through me. It can happen when we tell other people about God and his reality in our lives, when we talk about what he does for us, you see, we bless other people by what we say. You know, when we come across people and they're in a tough time, maybe they've got pain, maybe they're unwell, maybe they're struggling in some ways, and, and maybe we offer to pray for them. Even better, maybe we offer to pray with them there and then. We help them access the God they don't know in their moment of difficulty. See, we bless people when we pray. you know, also, we can bless people when we bring our best to our interaction with them. Whether that's a job we do, whether that's a task, whether that's in our workplace, or in an interaction or a conversation with them, when we choose to bring the best of who we are and what we can bring. If you like, we don't just choose to do okay. We choose to bring our best. And if this might help you remember how you can bless someone else, well, we bless by what we say, and we bless when we pray, and we bless when we try to do more than okay. So we bless when we say, we bless when we pray, and we bless when we try to do more than okay. See, God wants to keep blessing you and helping you to be a blessing to those around you. That's reaching wider. Out of his generosity to us, we can be generous to others and pass on what he has made available to us. Do I have to go? Do I have to go? Well, yeah, you do have to go. We do have to go because all of us, like Abraham, we've been blessed to be a blessing and God wants to bless us and others through us. We've been blessed to be a blessing and that happens when we step out in obedience when God tells us to go when we step out into the things we've got to do and we seek to do it his way God calls us to move forward and not stay where we're comfortable I know still many of us can settle we can find ourselves in a place that's comfortable and feel in our hearts this sense of do I have to do I have to go This next picture up on the screen. Maybe if you've been to the movies this summer, then you will have seen this. I don't know, can anybody here tell me who this is? That hand right at the back, shout it nice and loud. It is The Lion King is the film. Can anyone tell me the name of this particular lion? Simba, a nice collective there from the middle of the room. Like we would practiced it, we didn't. It's Simba. You may not have been to the movies this year, but probably many of you will be familiar with the story of the Lion King. This is Simba, not the cub Simba, but grown-up Simba. Now, for those of you who know the story, you'll know that Simba was the son of the great Lion King Mufasa. But Mufasa died, and Simba, through circumstances, which I don't want to spoil in case you've not seen the movie yet, finds himself far from the territory lived in by the pride. And his whereabouts is unknown to the pride that he belongs to. And he ends up in a place where he's found some new friends. It's a beautiful place. He loves being there. Nobody there even knows that he is the son of the king. They don't know his real identity. So he's just kicking back. He's learned a great new song, Hakuna Matata. And you can Google that later. Um, I'm not singing it this morning. But it means no worries. And so he's just having a good time. But the truth was that the pride, if you know the story, they were in trouble. And they needed the son of the king to return. And so Nala, the daughter of the queen, comes looking for him and tells him that he's needed. But Simba doesn't want to go back. He says, do I have to go? I like it here. I've got friends here. I've got people here. I'm settled do I have to go and it's at this point in the movie as he stands by a pool of water and he looks into the water and what he sees is his reflection now as a mature lion and as he sees his own reflection as a mature lion he realizes and is reminded he is the son of the king he looks like the king and it stirs in him his identity as the son of the king it's a blessed position, but he knows that he was blessed to be a blessing. And as he considers his identity as the son of the king, as Mufasa's son, he realizes he has, an, he has a responsibility as the son of the king. He has a destiny as the son of the king. He's been blessed to be a blessing, which means he needs to go. He needs to go so that he can be a blessing. It's a movie, it's a story, but it can help us this morning to grasp something of how we can feel and how we might respond. And friends, as you step into September today and tomorrow and this week, I don't know how you're feeling, I don't know what you're thinking, but I want to remind you that in Jesus Christ you are a son of the King of Kings, that you are a daughter of the King of Kings, That he is working in you and growing you so that each time you look at your reflection, you might be becoming more and more like him and seeing more of his identity in you. See, you've been blessed to be a child of God. You've been blessed that he's made you his own. But you've been blessed to be a blessing. You know, whatever you're stepping into this September, whether something you were in before the summer, maybe something you've been through all summer, or maybe something brand new, Jesus wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to be with you in it. He wants to enable you to do whatever it is you might find hard. Now, I remember when I was at school, when I first went to secondary school, I I was not a natural student. In fact, for the first two or three years of school, the only thing I really did any good at was PE. PE. And I think that's mainly because I was in an all-girls school and most people weren't bothered about it. I was not a high flyer. And then somewhere in year nine, it occurred to me that maybe God might be interested in what I was doing. Maybe he might help me. And I simply just began inviting him into what I was doing. I just began asking him to help me. So every time when I'd sit down to do my homework at home, I'd just say, Lord Jesus, would you please help me as I work? help me do my best. When I was revising, I'd ask him to help me. Lord, help help me remember. Help me learn this stuff. Help me understand it. And when I went into an exam, then at that point where they say, you can turn over your papers and begin, when normally there's that like ruffle of papers and a, a gasp as people see what the questions are, the first thing I would do would be just to sit quietly. Say, Lord Jesus, please help me. Help me remember what I've learned. Help me do my best in these moments. And the thing that happened when I began to do that is my grades were so dramatically different that I could never contemplate not doing that again. It completely transformed how I functioned. And in the midst of it, I found that God was interested in my everyday. I found that God knows chemistry and physics and history and English really, really well and he understands it all. And in the times when I've been unable to understand what I need to understand, and believe me, I did chemistry A-level, and there were some lessons where I'd asked the teacher so many times, it was embarrassing. And I remember going and then sitting in the library saying, Lord, you say if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask, and I lack wisdom, I do not know how to do this. And somehow, understanding came. He knows it all, he made it all. Friends, if you're on with something that you're struggling with, if you're going back to school and you know there's some things you find hard, yes, you need to try your best. Yes, you need to work hard. But invite him to be part of what you are doing. Whatever it is that's in your day to day, Jesus wants to be there with you. But sometimes he waits for us to invite him into those areas of our lives. Invite him to help you. Invite him, ask him to bless you. Ask him to bless your work. Ask him to bless the work of your hands as you seek to also be a blessing to others. You know, you're never too old, you're never too young to be a blessing to someone else. You're never too anything, actually, to be a blessing to someone else. I remembered this week that when we first moved to Coventry, our youngest child, Anna, was just in reception. She was five She'd just begun school that year, and then we pulled her out of her school and moved city and moved church and put her into a new school. And for the first four weeks, they were in a school over the other side of Coventry in Oldsley. They went to St. Christopher's just because it was a school that had three places in it. And as a mother in that season, I'm thinking, I am messing with my children. I've moved them. They're, it's destabilizing. They're now in another school, and then I'm going to have to move and it, all of that. Anna is getting on with being a blessing. She walked into school, she came back in week two and said, oh, my teacher today had a headache so I offered to pray for her. And sure enough, her book came back because they write in the books at the end of the day, don't they? Because they can't write yet and they tell you what's happened. Anna offered to pray for my headache today. As a five-year-old who's just moved house and just moved city, I was slightly blown away. Still am, actually. You know, it doesn't have to be hard to be a blessing, to bless someone. We bless by what we say. We bless when we pray. And we bless when we try to do more than okay. Do I have to go? Yeah, you do have to go. But you know, when we ask him, God comes with us and blesses us and blesses what we do. And enables us to be a blessing to those around us. As we come to a close of our service this morning, we're going to just spend a few moments and actually pray for some different groups of people in the congregation and speak a blessing over one another. So I'm going to need everybody to be involved uh, at this point. That includes you if you're very, very small, I'm going to need you to be involved. We're going to pray and we're also going to speak some words of blessing that are going to come up on the screen And you know, if you're here, maybe you're five or six or three or four, and it's a bit tricky reading the words on the screen, then I want to encourage you that when we're saying the Lord bless you, that you just keep saying the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Because we believe that even when you are small, you can speak a blessing and it makes a difference. Your words are powerful, uh, even if you can't read everything that's on the screen. So please just keep saying the Lord bless you while we say some other things. Brilliant. So we're going to start. We're going to pray for all of our children who are in primary school or going into primary school. So if you're in primary school, I would love you to stand to your feet. And unless you're very tall, I'd love it if you'd stand on your chair so we can see you. So that's right now. If we can just stand up. Brilliant. That's good. If you want to stand on your chair, you're allowed to at this moment. That's it. Right in the middle. Love that. That's good. It's good for us to see you. And this is what's going to happen. is I'm going to pray for our primary school children and then together we're going to speak this blessing that is on the screen. So if you know how to pray, I'm going to invite you to just ha- lift a hand towards these children. You don't need to touch them, but just reach a hand towards them and let's agree and pray for them. Father, we want to thank you for these little ones, all these boys and girls going off to school this week. And we want to pray that you would overshadow them and help them, that you would be so close to them. We pray you'd watch over their friendships, that they'd have really great interactions and fun times in the playground, and they'd make good friends. We pray they'd get on really well with their teachers, and you'd help them to learn. You'd help them to understand the things that they get taught. And we pray that in this next year, they will all go from strength to strength in their learning and also in their understanding of you. So we ask you to overshadow them and watch over them. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Now we're going to speak over them. Stay standing, please, little ones. And we are going to speak this blessing. And can I invite you to say this with all the conviction that you can, maybe to look at the children as you speak it, and to speak blessing over them, because we bless by what we say. So let's say this together. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The Lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you so much, boys and girls. You can sit down. But, boys and girls, your work isn't done because I need you to be speaking a blessing over these next few people that we pray over. So if you're in secondary school, if you're a young person, uh, if you can stand up and we're going to pray for you some of our young people. Don't be slow. It's okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Wonderful. Stand to your feet. Same thing again then, friends. Wherever you are across the building, let's raise our hands towards them. We're going to pray for them. You pray where you are as well. Father, we thank you for our young people, these young men, young women going to secondary school this week. And we ask you to help them. We ask you to empower them. We ask you to give them understanding and be close to them. We pray they'd know your presence with them and your protection. We pray you will give them great friends and great groups to, uh, to hang out with and to connect with. Friends that will help them make good choices and keep them walking in the right way. And we pray that your spirit will be close to them and working in them and bringing them to you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let's speak together this blessing over them then with everything that we can, friends. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The Lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing amen brilliant thank you young people great next we're going to pray for a big group of people Uh, if you've got a job of any kind in the workplace the marketplace charitable sector if you want to stand to your feet maybe you're in education but basically your employment or you're looking for employment then please uh, do just stand to your feet now and uh, Boys and girls and young people, I'm going to need you to pray now because most of these people are standing up. Father, we want to say thank you for the provision of jobs. We thank you there are jobs in our city. We thank you that we have ways to earn money. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that you've placed us in different places across our city and some working in other parts of the nation as well. And we simply pray for every man and woman as they stand here this morning and ask, Lord, that you will help them, that you will enable them, that you will grant uh, open doors, jobs, promotions, opportunities, ways to learn and to grow and develop. And in it all, Lord, we would be bringers of your kingdom, positioned where you would have us growing, becoming all that you want us to be, For your honour and glory. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stay on your feet. I'm going to need everyone to speak this over each other. But let's speak this blessing out of one another. If you want to turn around where you are to speak it over others, then please do. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The Lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to pray for uh, families. So if you're in the parent and baby room with a little one, we'd love you to come down so we can uh, join you into our prayer in just a moment. So if you're up there and hearing this relayed, if you want to make your way down here, we'd love to pray for you in just a moment. Next, though, we're going to pray for students. If you're going to uni, if you're a sixth form student, if you're uh, about to head back, you're already back here in Coventry, then if you want to stand up right now, all our uni students, brilliant. Wonderful. And let's raise a hand towards them. Father, we thank you for all of these students, some who, uh, for whom Coventry is home, some for whom this is a place they come to study, but we pray for them that this season of their life would be so significant in the things that they learn professionally and academically, but also, Lord, it would be a season where they grow in you, where they understand way more about you, where they have revelation of your goodness and grace and your purposes for their lives. And so we commit them into your hands in this next season, that they would have your help, your grace, your strength, your provision, Father. We pray that you'd meet all of their needs. And we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let's speak this blessing together over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. The Lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing. Amen. Wonderful. We've just got two more groups. We're now gonna pray for those people who are in retirement. And I know there's many people in this church who are in retirement, but who are very, very active. Uh, I find it really interesting that Abraham, it said, set out when he was 75 years old. Uh, So there's no settling when we follow Jesus. So if you're in retirement, if you want to stand to your feet right now, Wonderful. Anybody else in retirement? Brilliant. Just a few. Let's raise our hands towards them. Father, we thank you for these precious ones. We thank you so much for the generation that has gone before us. We know that everything that we have, everything that we inhabit and walk in is because of their faithfulness, and so we honor them here this morning. And Father, we pray for them in this season of life, that they would know your hand on their lives. They would know you calling them on into what you have next. That, Lord, they'd find you using them and causing them to be a blessing to others. Lord, we pray that you'd meet every need that they have, every financial provision that is required. We pray, Father, as they look on maybe at other family and the next generation and seeing some things unfold, we pray you'd give them wisdom and grace in the places where they sit and the family where they interact. And in all that they do, Lord, we ask that you would give them grace, strength and help. Amen. And let's speak a blessing over them the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace the lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing amen brilliant last but not least we're going to pray Uh, for a group of people, it might be men or women, but where their main role is in the home, maybe as building home, maybe uh, raising family, raising children, maybe as a carer for another family member, uh, maybe a foster parent or something like that. But if that's you, then I wonder if you could stand to your feet right now. There's some at the back of the room. Well done for heading down. Brilliant. Let's raise our hands towards them, friends. Father, we want to thank you for families for the bonds and the connections that there are for the way that you build society around families, husbands, wives and little ones and we pray for each one of these people in this season of life that they would have everything they need. We pray for your strength, we pray for health, we pray for healing where it is needed. We pray that everything is needed they would come and find it in you. We pray Father you'd give them wisdom as they raise little ones, as they make decisions in their households. We pray that you'd help them with their work schedules so that they can make that stuff work and they would have homes where you are king and you are Lord. Father, where they're caring and looking after others, that you would give them grace and strength and you would meet all of their needs according to your riches. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's speak this blessing over them, friends, then. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. The Lord help you and enable you and make you a blessing. Thank you. Wonderful. Let's stand to our feet together. In a moment, we're going to worship. Let me just pray. Father, we just pray that wherever we stand... And Lord, if I've missed anybody in our midst, that they would know your blessing, that they would know your closeness and your positioning in this next season. But Lord, we pray that you would make us bringers of the kingdom, wherever you have placed us to be, that we would be those who know your blessing, who know your presence, who know you with us, and that that can overflow to others around us, to be a blessing, to impact our city for your honor and glory. And we ask it in your name. Amen.